Well, I've got this subject today is uh, something that um, this may be my most favorite subject. In fact, on my laptop, I've got a book in progress on, on this subject, and uh, because because um, what I'm going to share today is uh, this is not something that I studied out. It's what I live, and that's a little bit different. Um, I started my life in God under, and you know when you. When you come through what I went through as a kid, feeling neglected, rejected, misused, mischaracterized, uncared for, then got into a life of drugs and all the mess around that, and I came to Jesus in the, right after that, just a broken, broken young man, and uh, you get emotional. <laughs> Every day, I thank God for coming in my life. Because a lot of my friends didn't make it to my age. This subject that I want to talk about, I want to talk about meditation. And i got to explain that because you use that term today. So what are you talking about in church? Meditation. Well, we'll get there. Meditation will change your life. I'm not talking about metaphysical, Eastern mystical meditation from some guru in some Eastern religion. I'm talking about meditation in the Word. I tell you, it'll change who you are, y'all. It changed everything about me. And the weird thing is, I, I didn't even know what I was doing. I, I, didn't, I didn't realize, listen, the implications of what happened to me. All I know is I'm trying to survive. I'm, I'm a survivor. I don't know how many times I've said this. As long as I can get one nostril, keep one nostril above water, and suck some air, I'm going to live. You put me on the desert island, I'll find a way to live. You know, you got to have that kind of attitude in life sometimes. Is that true? You go through stuff. but uh, So, you know, I'm just trying to figure out God. I just came to Jesus, just got filled with the Holy Spirit, 18 years old. But I'm trying to figure out how to survive, God. How, how do I live day after day? Because my mind hijacked me. I mean, all of, the, all of the things I did as a teenager, all the things I'm not proud of. They would come back to my mind, and I, I worked in a grocery store while I went to college. And, you know, uh, thought association works in a millisecond of time. Your mind is an amazing apparatus between your ears. It, it helps you in every facet of life. It controls your body functions and tries to keep you safe all your life and just tries to help you survive. Mine was trying to help me survive. But your mind can also hijack your life as a believer, and that's what mine started doing when I, when I first came to Jesus. Uh, so I go into work, for instance, and I'd just known the Lord for a couple of weeks. No kidding. And, and they had this music playing, you know, popular 40s music playing on the speaker system all over the big store that I worked at. And, uh, and man, I'd listen to song after song. And, and what happened when I listened to the song, it put me back two years, three years, four years. Five, and I'm with this person doing that, going here, doing that. How many hear me? Or, or your mind works that way with music, with things you see, with visual things. Uh, your mind, uh, the silhouette of a person can remind you in a millisecond of someone way back when. How many have had that happen? Wow. Or, or sometimes somebody would walk by and I could smell their perfume. I said, whoa, in my mind. I said, oh, man. I, I couldn't get a hold of what's going on. I said, God, I want to walk with you. And no kidding, I would, my mind would be in the gutter for a couple of hours. And I didn't even know it. And I'd wake up, come to myself while I worked. And say, what am I thinking about? And how did I get in this hole? And it's thought association. How many have ever had that happen? 
Or you can be driving around a familiar area, the city you live in, the city you're raised in, the, the city before you came to the Lord, and you know, you remember this, that, the other, yada, you know what I'm saying? Or sometimes just going back to the home place, like you do on Christmas, and seeing all the familiar things. It can put you there. Well, I was just trying to survive. I said, God, I, I don't know. So here's what I tried to do. I said, well, well, I'll, uh, I'll, uh, I'll, worship this, I'll, I'll worship this thing away. I started singing under my breath, you know, in public. So I'm just kind of humming a tune. But the thoughts kept coming. The praise and worship didn't keep the thoughts from coming. I said, well, I'll pray them away. So I tried to pray under my breath. The thoughts kept coming. And then, well, you know, I found out at church, my pastor talked about the power of the name of Jesus. I just speak to those thoughts in Jesus' name. I spoke to them in Jesus' name. I kept coming back. I said, God, well, what am I going to do every day, day after day? This barrage of thoughts puts me where I don't want to be. How many have had your mind put you where you don't want to be? All of us, y'all, have to deal with this. And, and just out of desperation, I said, God, I can't do this. Day after day, I got to do something. So I said, I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going I'm to get a scripture. And instead of my mind thinking on that, I'm going to think on the scripture. And I came across, watch this. I came across uh, Philippians 4.8. And this is King James Version. That's the one I had back in 1976 is the era of time. I'm, it dates me. I get it. That I'm talking about. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, honest, just, pure, lovely, of good report, if there be any virtue, praise, think on these things. Now, here's what I did. I put that on a card, stuck it in my pocket. So, so that might be one of the first scriptures. I, so I said, I'll tell you what I'm going to do, Lord. I'm going to get one scripture a day. I'm going to put it in my mind. I'm going to put it on a card. I'm going to stick it in my pocket. No, no cell phones, no internet, none of that. All the hard copy stuff, you know. I got a three by five card in my, and we still have pockets on our shirts. We don't have them now, you know, of course. So I put it in my pocket, but I'd pull it out, and I'd read that card. Uh, true, honest, just, pure, lovely, virtuous, praiseworthy. Think on these things. I put it at the bottom, and I think, now what up? Oh, man, what I've been thinking ain't good. It's not honest, it's not pure, it's not lovely, it's not of good report, it's not positive or praise. Chunk it out. So here's what, every day I'd get a different scripture, I'd put it on a card, and I would put my mind on the scripture. I figured out you can memorize in sections. This is how I learned to memorize in college. I'd get it, I, would, I had to memorize a lot of stuff from a lot of theology books when I was in Bible school, for instance. And I learned that you can memorize just by taking a section of a sentence, memorizing the first section, and then looking and reading the rest of it, memorizing the second section, memorizing the third. And that's how I memorize. So I learned to memorize well. And so I would memorize a scripture a day and put my mind on it. And I didn't realize that what I was actually doing it was, is, is that I was meditating and I didn't realize that the process of meditation will take the word from here in your head and transfer it about a foot, a foot according to how tall you are. Foot, foot and a half down to your heart, your spirit. And when the word of God gets inside of you, it changes your behavior. How many hear me? Now, now what I just told you over a period of years changed everything about me. It changed what I thought about me because I didn't think much of me. It changed what I thought about God 
It changed what I thought about others. It changed what I thought about my future. It changed what I thought about my, my present, my job, where I was going, what I'd be doing in life. It changed what I thought about marriage, women, the whole nine yards. It changed every single thing about me. It changed what I thought about money, natural things, physical things. It changed, it changed what I, my perceptions of everything were transformed all by doing one thing, and I, I stumbled on it. And I don't know how many times I've said, Lord, thank you. And the truth is, this is honest, every day when I get up, I do what I did over 43 years ago. I meditate. This morning, I got up. I got up at 4.30, I read my notes, and then I meditated. I, I do this a lot. So meditation, well, how many know meditation is stronger than thoughts? How many know the word is stronger than thoughts? So if you've got a problem controlling your thoughts, consider meditating in the word. Get one scripture and let that be your scripture of choice for the day. And I would mix it up. Sometimes I'd take the same one and do it for two days, maybe three days. But I would often, after a period of time, would change them. Now I've got so much in me at will, I can bring up hundreds. And I, I'm not saying that to brag. I'm just saying, you know, if, if it wasn't that way, I wouldn't be telling the truth. Because I've done this for decades. I've done this for over 40 years. And y'all, I'm not even the same person. I'm not the kind of person that I was when I first came to Jesus. Isn't that awesome? And you know, for you, if you do this, it will change who you are. And your friends will have to say, well, what's up with you? And you say, what do you mean? It's what gets in you that determines what you become. What you are on the inside will eventually manifest on the outside. You can only play for so long. You can only wear a mask for so long. Yes or no? I've been here long enough at Victory. I can't wear a mask. I've been here too long. Right? What you are, show up. If you'll get the word in you, eventually it'll show up. Some of you are struggling with your marriage. You get the word in you, it'll start tempering how you treat your spouse. You can't change them. You can't change the decisions they make, but you sure can change you. You can put some sweet on the sour. How many hear me? Number two, the Bible encourages meditation. I got to move along here. Not just reading, and this is where we go wrong. We got so many 365 day a year Bibles now. They're galore. I mean, they're, they got them, you got them online, you got them digitally, you got them hard copy and all that. Uh, it's good to read the Bible, and I, literally, I read through the Bible every single year. I read through the New Testament several times a year, Psalms and Proverbs several times a year. It's just a little thing I've been doing for a long, long time, which is all, all really, really good to read. But listen, you can read the Bible and it not affect your lifestyle. Yes or no? Ask the folk in prison. That's kind of pointed, but you get my point, right? Yeah, just, just ask. The Bible can change your lifestyle if you let it, but, but it's only with meditation, not just reading. So it's not just simply reading. And also let me say what I'm talking about is not Eastern religion meditation, 
for instance, okay, so let's say you go do yoga or whatever, and, and they're going to say, okay, we want you to get calm. I've never taken yoga, so you all have to correct me. I don't even know what they do. haven't even looked it up because I don't care. <laughs> but maybe you're a yogaite. I don't know, yoga person. I don't know. So I, I, I think they have you get kind of, you know, want to calm yourself down, put your mind on a focal thought, you know, put it on a mountain scene or maybe a nice lake or river or empty, empty. You never empty your mind. You say, Pastor, you don't empty. I, my mind's never empty. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you keep my mind on Jesus. I ne- if you put your mind in neutral, you know what you're saying? Demon spirits, come. Come on in. I'm empty. I'm swept. It's clean. Nothing's there. Come and fill it with what you want. That's a stupid thing. Huh? No, don't do that. No, if you want to meditate, put your mind on the Word. So it's not clearing your mind. It's not emptying your mind. It's not putting your mind on a mantra like Eastern religions do, whatever, and say it over and over with their palms up. No, it's not that. It's not getting in tune with your body. No, you want to get in tune with God. Well, I've got to get to know myself. You know, you need to know God. Because when you get to know God, you will know everything about you you need to know. And if I know me apart from him, I'm nothing. But if I know me in league with him, it's great. Because the scripture says, greater is he who is in you than he that's in the world. Yes or no? Yeah. So I'm talking about focusing. Meditation is focusing your mind on passages of scripture and letting them revolve around and around. The word is full of this. I don't have time, but I got 16 scripture in the notes. Again, U uh, version Bible. Open it up. My notes are there. If you go to the bottom of U version, I say it every Sunday. For those that want to do that, you can follow along. You can find my notes. We'll have my notes this week on our website. We'll finally post them there along with a video of this and all that. So, uh, but I encourage you to get the notes. I've got 16 scripture that talk about the importance of meditation. Let me just read a few. Here's Joshua. He was Moses' successor going into Canaan's land. And God, and God said to Joshua, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do all that's written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. How many want to be successful? There's the formula right there. If you want a formula, there's one. This book of the law, now notice this, shall not depart where? Now that's interesting, from your mouth. Then it says, but you shall um, meditate in it day and night. So mouth and meditation go hand in hand, right? You can deduce that from that. That you may observe to do. All that's written. See, meditating in the word with your mouth, words, gives us an ability to change how we live a life. It puts it into practice in your life. You say, well, I hear Pastor Mitz, but I ain't doing it. Well, then you're just not meditating. Because just because you hear me or anybody online you listen to doesn't mean your life will change. Just because you read books doesn't mean your mind will change. I've got a friend of mine. He's probably got double the books that I have, and I've got a lot. I probably got 400 or more right here in my hand on my, on my apparatus here. No kidding. I'm not, I could show you. But that doesn't mean my life's going to His life, he's a mess. 
He reads. He doesn't meditate. And there's a big difference. I love to read, but after I read, I meditate. Because when you meditate, it takes the word from your head, and like he said to Joshua, that you may observe to do all that is written in it. And what I do is what's in my heart. Yes or no? Then you'll make your way prosperous. Then you'll have good success. The Shema. Everybody say Shema. Now, this is a prayer that Jewish people pray when they get up in the morning and when they go to bed at night. And various religious festivals and such uh, the Jews participate in. It's called the Shema, and it's found in Deuteronomy chapter 6. I've got to go quickly here, uh, verses 4 through 9. Usually it's just verse 4. Then they added uh, over the years and, and went all the way up through verse 9. Listen to Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord alone. You must love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all your soul, all your strength. And you must... Commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that I'm giving you today. Repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you are at home, when you're on the road, when you're going to bed, when you're getting up. Tie them to your hands and wear them on your foreheads. They made phylactery boxes and they put scriptures on their hands and their head. Literally did it. God was saying, get it in your mind and your heart. Uh, as reminders, write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. His idea to those Old Testament people, surround yourself with the Word. Talk about the Word with your family, with your children. Talk about it all day long to yourself. Get it on the inside of you, because if you do, your life will change. You get the principle. Now, real quickly, listen. Here's a few. Psalm 4, 4, be angry, do not sin. Meditate with your heart on your bed and be still. Notice he talks about bedtime. Psalm 63, 6. When I remember you on my bed, I meditate on you in the night watches. Psalm 77, 12. I'll also meditate on all your works and talk of your deeds. Psalm 77, 6. Call to remembrance my song in the night. I meditate within my heart and my spirit makes diligent search. I want to read all of these. Psalm 119, 48. My hands will I lift up to your commands, which I love, and I will meditate on your statutes. Psalm 119, 148. My eyes are awake through the night watches that I may meditate on your word. Uh, there are many, many more. I'm going to skip through those, let you look at them. You can get it online again. Colossians 3, 16, New Testament. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. How do you do that? The word dwells in me to the degree that I meditate on it. Uh, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Now, on purpose, I mentioned several of these passages in psalms, and it mentions meditating at night. Now, I woke up last night, I didn't want to, but I did about 2.15, 2.30. And I prayed in the Spirit for a little bit, because sometimes the Lord will wake you up to pray. And if he does that, you won't be sleeping the next, you'll be all right. But then, I uh, don't count sheep, and I'll just lay there and go, I've got to go to sleep, I can't go to sleep, what am I going to do, I can't go to sleep, I've got to get up in the morning and preach. No, I put scripture in the head. And all last night, <laughs> when I woke up, I mean, I have themes. Sometimes I meditate on prayer scripture. Sometimes it's healing scripture. Sometimes it's provision scripture. Sometimes it's God's going to get me through scripture. Sometimes it's uh, God's love scripture. And uh, last night, I meditated on these <laughs> just because I was preaching today. I said, well, I think I'll just grab a hold of some of this. So, uh, but I did it. And, and, and when you meditate, 
Y'all, it, 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 there's a peace. Let me say something about the word again. When you get involved with the word of God, you're getting involved with the Holy Spirit. And I've had so many times throughout my life, I just get the word in my mind and meditate. And while I'm meditating, I feel the anointing. It's not an anointing to preach or teach, although sometimes that happens because that's what I'm called to do. No, it's just the, his, his presence. When you fall in love with what he likes, he'll fall in love with you. And if you want to stay in the cubicle of the presence of Jesus, he's the living word. If you get the word in you, y'all, life is not the same. How many hear me? So there's a lot of scripture talk about meditation in the word. Number three, meditation speaks words over and over. And this is what I want to emphasize today. When you meditate, you speak over and over and over, either within or aloud. And it's not just words. It's speaking the word. Get scripture, specific, pertinent scripture. And let them go over and over again. Now, I have copy-pasted from my Strong's Exhaustive Concordance. If you don't have one, you can find them digitally now. The hard copy's really thick and big. Strong's Here's a guy that took every Greek, Hebrew word of the Bible, Old or New Testament, and assigned a number to it. And then at the back, he's got definitions for every single word, so you can't miss it. And now there are programs that they put the number by the word while you're reading your Bible. Just click... And so here is the word meditate, the Old Testament word for meditate. I just copy-pasted, and I need to kind of figure some of that out for you here. It's a a primitive root. Now, here's all I want you to see. To murmur. Everybody say murmur. Notice in parentheses it says in pleasure or anger. What do you do when you're mad? How could they have done that to me? You know what they did. And then you go over what the person said or what the person, you're meditating. On things you probably shouldn't. Yes or no? In pleasure. In pleasure. Oh, that was so. Now you know that you know you walked in the office. It's your birthday, or you did something big. Look, they threw me a party. Everybody shook my hand, patted me on the back. They had a cake, and you're thinking about it, right? That was so nice. Oh, how sweet was that? Well, you're meditating. You get it? So he says to murmur in pleasure, anger by implication, ponder, imagine. Meditate. What happens when you mourn? I'll never see them again. What am I going to do? They're not going to be in my life. I won't hear their voice. They won't be to me what they were before. Are you meditating? Well, that's why it has the word mourn, mutter, roar. Why does it have the word? How could they have said that? You ever done that? Speak, study, talk, utter. And uh, the uh, authorized version, which is the King James, is uh, got so many times it uses the word meditate in so many different ways. And it really means to speak, mouth, or say inwardly or outwardly. Now, I've always used the, I've always used the connotation of a cow uh, chewing the cud. If you're not raised in, on a farm, you don't understand. Cow has seven stomachs, and he grazes in the field a long period of time, and he's got stomach, so he swallows the food that he's grazing. He chews it, masticates it well, swallows, goes first stomach. Then it's nasty, but he upchucks it. <laughs> chews it again, goes second stomach. <laughs> chews it again, then goes on down, you know, the rest of the stomachs, you know. So uh, not nice to talk about, 
but reading the words like a cow grazing. And then when you see them under the tree and they're chewing, well, they're not eating grass, they're chewing because they're up-chucking. That's kind of gross, I get it. <laughs> but see, listen, you meditate, and then you get somewhere and think about what you read. Right? Now, I read books, but you know what also I do? I take notes when I read. Sometimes I go back, sit in a chair. Uh, people that know me, you go in my office, I got a chair in there. I'm sitting, I'm reading. I, often I'm reading the notes I've written. I'm meditating. And then I just meditate the word. How many hear me? So it means to let it go over and over and over. And it's like chewing food. When I was little, I don't know why I did it. I, my dad used to eat fast. I mean, really fast. I think we had a race to see who could finish first. But my mom, I, heard, I can still hear her voice now. Mitch, you need to slow down, son. Don't, don't chew your food so fast. You're swallowing it by whole. And she said, if you'll just slow down, you know, you, you're, you're mixing up the, the, you know, the saliva in your mouth with your, chew, your food and you're chewing it up in small bits. And it's gonna, you're going you're gonna to have more nutrition if you do that. The doctor told you that, remember? Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. But I still ate fast. Well, chew, you know, chewing your food, that's what meditating is. How many hear me? So you start by reading a verse over and over and over and over. Like, like I'll show you. Here's, a, here's an illustration. Here's an illu- this is simplified illustration. This is Romans 8.1. And I've meditated on that verse in my younger years hundreds of hours. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. Authorized version says, who walk not after the flesh but after the Spirit. So he just keeps saying, there is therefore now no condemnation to those in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Then you can emphasize the word, therefore. What's therefore? Well, therefore is what it said before. Because I'm in Christ, there is therefore now no condemnation. There's therefore now no condemnation. Emphasize each word. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ. Christ Jesus. And if you just keep saying it over and over again, the Lord will give you things. There's a, therefore now no condemnation. No judging guilty. Now here's another phase for those who are in Christ Jesus. And this is meditation. See, you go there, you just, to start with, you're saying it over, and then, and then all kind of things come to you, and you just think them out. Either think them if you're with people, or say them out loud if you're by yourself. So if I'm meditating that verse, and I've said it over 50 times, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who won't not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Phase two, it would go, therefore, is there, there's therefore now no condemnation. God doesn't hold me guilty for my past. In fact, as far as God's concerned, I don't have a past. Every sin I've ever committed, thought, word, action, motive, has been cleansed by the blood of Jesus. Their sins and lawless deeds I remember no more. As far as the east is from the west, so far he's removed my transgressions from me. And it just goes on and on. Scripture keep coming and I just let them roll, let them go. That's meditating. When you do that, you're dropping the word from here to here, your heart. If you're listening to this, I'm pointing at my head and I'm pointing to my heart. That's what you're doing. In my early years, condemnation was a friend of mine. And I wanted to divorce my friend. Because I was always condemning myself for my past. So I got the scriptures where God promised that when I came to Jesus, I became the righteousness of God in him. 
It was just as though sin had never been in my life. Isaiah 43, 25, I, even I, am he who blots out your transgressions for mine own sake and will not remember your sins. History can be remembered. God lives in the eternal now. When he says there's no condemnation, it's because there is no written record of any offense in my life in the past. Because it's all been blotted out by the sacrifice of Christ. Is that good? Now I got all that meditating. Now let me tell you what, it broke the back of condemnation in my life. So I could hold my head high. Not arrogantly and in pride, but in a humble way. Because I know what Jesus did for me. How many hear me? See, I, I could, hundreds of scriptures the same way. I broke the back of, of sickness, a sickness mindset, a poverty mindset, a fear mindset, an inferiority mindset, an orphan mindset. Nobody loved me, nobody looking at me, nobody. Shut up. Mind, shut up. And now I feel like I'm loved. I think I'm loved. I believe I'm loved because I'm accepted in the beloved. You hear me? He said, well, that ain't me. Meditate. If you put the work in, you'll get the benefit. Huh? Here's the challenge today. The way it's set up right now, nobody thinks deeply at all in America. Most people look at videos all day. Ding, 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 you know, whatever it is, you know. <laughs> We're being amused. Muse means to think, ponder, reflect, cogitate. Amuse means the opposite. Put an A in front of anything makes it opposite, right? Amuse. Most Americans, if you're younger, I don't want to pick on you, you're being amused a lot. All right? And if all, listen, if all you do is amuse, look, I like to play PlayStation games. I mean, I do it. Used to, I don't do it a lot now because I don't have time. I used to. And I kind of enjoy it. But you know what you're doing? You're putting your mind just kind of on nothing, just that. And if all you do is amuse, amuse yourself with music, movies, texts, Facebook, social media, YouTube, all that, then you're going to feel empty inside. How many hear me? The reason our culture is having so many problems because we have a lot of empty hearts, empty people, living empty lives, even believers who should know better empty because they're not meditating. How many hear me? And empty people are easily Deceived. How many get it? Find scripture that specifically refute the wrong thinking you experience. I love Proverbs 4. Now I've spent a lot of years meditating on this verse. These several verse. My child, pay attention to what I say. Listen carefully to my words. Don't lose sight of them. Let them penetrate deep into your heart. What did he just say? He said, take time to think about my words. Huh? For they bring life to those who find them and healing to their whole body. Guard your heart 
above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Wow. Did you get that? Meditation guards your heart, y'all. Started doing this in 1976 when I gave my life to Jesus. It's completely transformed every area. I can't think of an area of life that hasn't touched. And uh, anybody that knew me back in the 70s, when I was a younger, young person in school and all that, they wouldn't know me today. A lot of my relatives that I don't see often, they, they don't know any, a lot about me because they know Mitchie. That's what some of them call me. Mitchie Poo, whatever. <laughs> don't dare say that. <laughs> I've got a quote, I'll end with this. Y'all get something out of this? Next week, I, I want to go a step further because there's a belief system that you can change, and I don't have time to talk about it today. But uh, I've got a quote. Uh, there's a man named E.W. Kenyon. He died in 1947 or 8, and he was a man before his years. He was born in 1860. Uh, but he, was, uh, he had this in Christ truth that was uh, beyond his time. And uh, I found out that Kenneth Hagin read a lot of his materials. And um, I've read his background I've read about the man's life, but I've read his books. And back in, uh, actually, I think for Valentine's Day, 1978, Susan gave me the book entitled The Hidden Man. We used to write each other epistles or letters, put scripture anyway. It's when we were dating. But she gave me this book called The Hidden Man by E.W. Kenyon. And I read this quote, and I was young. I was 19 when I first read this quote, and, and y'all, it, it affected me so deeply. And I started doing it like I've just told you. Listen to this, and it's worth reading. He, and here's what E.W. Kenyon says about meditation. And I took it to task when he said it because I was already doing it out of desperation. The most deeply spiritual men and women I know are people who have given much time to meditation. You cannot develop spiritual wisdom without meditation. Then he quotes Joshua 1.8, this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth. Thou shalt meditate thereon day and night that thou mayest observe to do according to all that's written therein. Then you'll make your way prosperous. Then you'll have good success or deal wisely in the affairs of life. That's what the Hebrew literally says. Take time to meditate in the word, he says. Shut yourself in alone with your own spirit. Listen, where the clamor of the world is shut out. If you're ambitious to do something worthwhile, I would suggest that you take 10 or 15 minutes for meditation to learn to do it. In other words, begin the development of your own spirit. You may develop any gift you wish to. The most important gift God has given you is the spirit. It is the development of the spirit that is your spirit nature that is going to mean more to you than any other thing. The great majority of men do not think. They live in the realm of the senses. The senses, the physical body have limitations. Your spirit has practically no limitations. You can develop your spirit life until you dominate circumstances. Your spirit has practically no limitations. You can develop your spirit until you dominate circumstances. Your spirit can come into vital union with deity, become a partaker of the divine nature. That spirit with God's nature in it can fellowship with God on terms of absolute equality with God himself. Not that you're God, not that you have his attributes, but you're a spirit being. God's created you to talk to him. 
Do you see the limitless possibilities? Jesus brings you into contact with spiritual things, not mental things. Spiritual things are as real as physical things. Your spirit can come to the point where the things in his word will become as real to you and Jesus will become as real to you as any loved one. You can see the necessity of your taking time to meditate, to get quiet with the Lord. You must take time to sit with his word and let the spirit unveil his word to your spirit. If you will, you will know him in reality. Y'all, I have read that hundreds of times. I heard Kenneth Hagin, uh, this is like 1977, on a cassette tape. And he said that very thing. He said, I knew God could become more real to me than my wife laying by my side in the bed, than the automobile I'm driving down the road. I knew God could become that real. He wasn't that real. I knew he could get that real. I heard this when I was a teenager, y'all. And he said, if there's anything I ever wanted is to know God in reality. And that's what he said. And then Kenneth Hagin said, he's that real to me now. And I heard that years ago. I said, God, that's, that's what I want. And y'all, I love you enough to tell you, if you don't meditate, you will never have anything spiritually. The devil will eat your breakfast, your lunch, and your dinner. And he'll ride to you, with you to work every day and, hold, and aggravate you every day, all day. And you'll have a challenge in every area of life. But y'all, you can run him out of your life. Did you hear me? You say, well, you know, it ain't the devil, it's me. I know it's you. A lot of it is you. You're right. But you can run the you out of you. Huh? You can subdue the flesh. All the aggravating parts of who you are. Your spouse says, you know, you just aggravate. And you say, I know it. And you kind of wear it like a badge. Jesus can take the badge off if you meditate. How many hear me? Y'all, if I've ever encouraged you to do something, I encourage you to meditate. Find scripture that deal with who you are and what you're dealing with now. Just find, you know, just take some time. Meditate. I got a gift for you as you leave. It took me a lot of time this week. 388 scriptures. They were in the form of a little booklet. You have no excuse now. So, 388 scriptures. I'm going to tell you what I did. Kenneth Hagin is encouraged. He's got a book entitled In Him. The very back, he says, there's about a, a, a hundred and something. Well, there's actually 388 scriptures here. I did your homework for you. They're in New King James and they're in New Living Translation. They're in New King James because in Christ, in him, in whom, all who you are in Jesus from the New Testament's in this right here. 388 one of scripture. How's that? Just take it home and just start. Take one, just take, just take one or two and just start. And just let them revolve. In 30 days time, you'll, be a, you'll, you'll notice a change.